Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Tilly Judge, bringing you our virtual crop walk from Oak Park. Because of COVID-19, our normal crop walk couldn't take place, but instead we're able to bring you an interactive version and this bonus episode is covering winter wheat. We'll hear from Stephen Kildane in a few moments, but first out in the fields was Johnny Hogan, Oak Park's farm manager, to give us an idea about what winter wheat is looking like at the moment. Here we have a crop of winter wheat. Uh, the variety is Loomis. It was drilled on the 29th of October. Um, we drilled in at uh, 147 kilos per hectare, which is 380 seats per square metre, and we got an establishment of 67%, which is 256 plants. As you can appreciate, with the back end was in it, conditions were quite rough. So on the grand scheme of things, we're happy enough with the, the plant establishment. And now we examine the crop of the one we reckon we'll have in the region of over 600 tillers, which we'll be quite happy with for our establishment. Um, because it's an index two soil following beans, we have um, a maximum of 180 kilograms of nitrogen that we can apply. So we have already done two splits, and now we're down to a final split of 40 kilos per hectare to apply of, of, of a total of 180. So the question is, when do I go with that nitrogen now? Um, we have in the third week of April, we applied our growth regulator and our um, wide door control all in the one tank. And now with the emergence of leaf three last week, we went with our, tea, uh, with our first fungicide. So we went with Adexor at 1.8 liters per hectare and a litre or bravo per hectare. So the question is now, the emergence of flag leaf, how soon do we think we'll have that and what uh, will be the product of choice in the year that's in it? And as we know, with a very dry April, there's not a huge amount of disease pressure at the moment. So that is the question, what is going to be our major fungicide for flag leaf? Okay, that's a great roundup again from John, and I think you can all see the how dry the ground is here in Oak Park. It's uh, pretty dry up here at the moment. But I'm joined now by Stephen Kilday. Um, so Stephen, John asked a number of different questions there, uh, the same as he did in the winter barley. The first one is nitrogen. When should guys go to final split of nitrogen? Okay, for I suppose to start with a simple one there for, for Johnny, uh, pretty much now, get it out, is the, the simple answer to that. And hope that we get a little bit of rain or a bit of dew or something to, to wash it in to be taken up. Okay, right, fair enough. That, that, that answered that one. Okay, fair enough. Right, okay, so we'll get on to your more, more comfortable uh, topic maybe, which is fungicides. The second one Johnny asked was all about fungicides. Um, I suppose the first one is timing. When should we go with the, the, the main fungicide? Yeah. I suppose we have to, like Shay said, we have to think about our, the crop itself, what it's doing. Um, and what we're trying to do is capture as much sunlight in, in the wheat crop uh, to basically convert it into sugars and fill those grains that are going to come in, into the, in the future in the, in, the, in the coming month or so. So what we're trying to do now in this, uh, I suppose, the second application, mainly the second application of a fungicide, is to protect that upper canopy. And when I'm talking about the upper canopy, I'm talking about that flag leaf and the second leaf. So I'm assuming that a lot of crops now at this stage will have received the fungicide already. Um, in that sort of scenario, it would have been to the leaf tree, uh, it would have been fully emerged, and we probably would have hit a bit of that leaf too that would have been coming out. So really now we're talking about timing, we're looking for the, the flag leaf fully emerged. Okay, so, the, the, so do you think that the timing, uh, you know, the crops were actually reasonably clean, I suppose, coming into the T1, guys probably got the timing right reasonably well with that. It, does that bode well for trying to get the timing right for, your, for the main fungicide? I, I, absolutely, look, I, I think it's very important that first, that first fungi, fungicide that would be at that leaf tree because it, it covers the, the second leaf and that's important. It gives a bit of coverage on that so that we can come back in uh, when the flag leaf is fully out. 
and hope that we haven't had huge amounts of infection in between that, that period between those two. Um, and I just have a, an, ex an example of uh, the, the crop that Johnny was looking at, uh, the Loomis. We just took some of it in here to give us ourselves an idea. Did he cut the right leaf or did he sort of uh, apply to the right leaf? Um, and what we can see is that we, we've dissected the plants. And we, ha we now have, I suppose, the, the flag leaf starting to peep. And we have the second leaf uh, and we have our third leaf. Now, I know people won't be able to see it on the screen, but I can actually see some still of the, the fungicide on that third leaf, and I can see some of it on the tip of that second leaf also. So the timing was right here in terms of the leaf tree application. Um, so the next, as I say, is going to be that flag leaf foliar. So with that fungicide, what fungicide should we be using? Okay. Um, it, it comes back to pretty much the, the, the aspect of IPM, integrated pest management, uh, knowing your variety, knowing the risks, and actually managing the crop in accordance to that risk. So we're looking at Loomis here, for example. Um, we know already that we can see some septoria at the, at the base of the crop, as you would have seen with Johnny out in the field. Um, it's been quite dry weather, but it's still, we, the risk is still there. We know this variety is susceptible to septoria. The pathogen is still there in the environment. There's enough inoculum there. Um, over the last three weeks, I suppose we have been very fortunate in terms of the weather hasn't been really conducive to it. We had a period last week where we know we've had infection events. Um, and really going forward, we then have to look at in terms of what sort of infection events be occur before this full flag leaf is out. Um, again, we could move across to a different variety, a variety like Bennington, for example. We know that it's very susceptible to yellow rust. It might have a different sort of strategy. And I'm, I'm hoping that probably a different strategy has already been taken at the very start there in terms of trying to um, protect against yellow rust, for example. They're probably the main two diseases that we're looking at in terms of foliar disease control. So I uh, just see a question here from Martin, and he, he mentions kickback. You mentioned, uh, you know, in terms of what disease has been there before you get the next fungicide on. So what sort of kickback is there in fungicides now? Okay, so if we, if we take the main fungicides that are going to be used on wheat, we're talking about the azoles. Um, I suppose we've had a, an introduction of a new azole this year in, in the form of Revi, Revisol and uh, Revistar. Um, and it does, it does provide us uh, quite good kickback, where we previously were with the older azoles that we'd be looking at. The older azoles, unfortunately, they are suffering from, a, a, I suppose, a curativity protection and also some level of protection. Um, and similarly with the SDHIs, we do know that resistance has developed in the Irish population, uh, Septoria population, that does reduce our ability to get that kickback, definitely. Um, so again, it's going to be understanding the risk of the crop, uh, understanding that, look, how much of this kickback do you require at, at, that, at that flag leaf stage, and matching basically the chemistry to that. I should also add, look, the 20th of May is going to be the cutoff point for chlorothanil. Up until that point, look, yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's, a, it's a must in the tank in, up until that point. Definitely from uh, a protection point of view, it is a very good protective chemistry. We're still in most crops probably in protective, uh, especially, I suppose, from Carlo upwards. I know a bit more rain down south. Um, but after that, like, we, we still need it from a resistance management or we need a, another multi-site from a resistance management perspective. And what, are, what is that multi-site yeah. you're talking about? So we're talking about fulpit, being, being honest. Um, we, do see, we do see the benefit. We do believe there's a benefit from a resistance management uh, sort of aspect in including a multi-site there. Um, just because we, we have a new azole that is going to provide it or is providing us good control doesn't mean that we abandon all resistance management. I think it's important that we include it.
So we're, we know that we can't use Chlorotanolol or Bravo after May the 20th, which is probably around the time maybe is at all of doing the T2s on, on, on winter wheat. Yeah, yeah but I so think if, if, we, if we look at this crop, you would probably say that we will we'll be probably applying our, our, our flag leaf spray before that. But there will be crops that potentially will be after that date. Okay, so growers should really be aware of that, making sure that making sure they yeah. they don't apply it pretty much after that date. So going back to John outside, he mentioned that um, it was Lumos he was he was standing in. You mentioned a number of SDHIs and trials and that kind of stuff. What sort of actual fungicides would you recommend to him in that kind of scenario? Okay. So in this scenario here, um, this is it's it's got a bit of septoria there. Um, depending on where the weather is over the next, I suppose, uh, two to three weeks. It may require a bit more protection um, in terms of what's coming out, in terms of this flag leaf. Um, we know that the risk is probably there, so you're going to be looking at, from this type of variety that is quite susceptible, you might be looking at something like Revistar, which is that new Azol Revisol with, with uh, Fluoxaproxide that's an Imtrex, and of course including that multi-site. Then there are other varieties, and we do have them here in the field, such as Bennington, that will have that yellow rust. Um, whether a yellow rust is going to be present at that stage, you may have to tailor your program to address that. Um, but we really, you, I suppose we're looking at our primary disease that is going to be septoria. I suppose the other products that will be there, um, your, your SDHIAs all mixes such as your Ascra, your Librex, your Adexa, your Latisera, they, as I say, um, are, have suffered somewhat in the last number of years from terms of resistance development. Including the multi-site with them, it does definitely bring it back up. But again, we're getting back to making sure that that timing is, is bang on for, to, make, to get the benefit out of that multi-site in the mix. I just see a question here from Dermot, and he's asking the question, he's an earlier sown crop, so I presume it must be sown in, in earlier October, um, and he's talking about can he delay the T2 because the weather is so dry and there's so little disease? So really what we're trying to do is protect that leaf. So it's critical to protect it, and how you protect it is when it's fully out, you get the application on it. That is really what's, what's critical there. So we're trying to match the timing is, is really what's key. and uh, it's Nothing changes in terms of what those timings are. So flag leaf fully out is still important. So I suppose people would have the question, you know, props are pretty clean. Do I go at a lower rate? Am I going to get value for money putting the fungicide on this year? I think undoubtedly there will still be value for money. So crops, some crops undoubtedly are very clean. Um, in those, I, I suppose, extremely late zone crops, I'm talking about stuff that's probably after Christmas, yeah, they may not have a huge amount of disease. And, and, and in some of those scenarios, yeah, the rates probably could be cut back to some extent. Um, but I am still including a multi-site in those sort of, sort of scenarios. Um, in, the, in the, I suppose, the, the autumn sowing crops, and I'm including crops probably up until the end of November, there is differences there. So it gets back to understanding what timing was, uh, what leaf was out, I suppose, and making sure that that timing was right previously. Um, because we do know there is crops pretty much that may have been a month apart in terms of their sowing date are pretty much now at the exact same uh, sort of growth stage. And just to be aware of that, and really the only way to do it is to get into the crop and to unfold the leaves, know exactly what leaf you actually hit with that first fungicide application, and then going forward knowing that flag leaf. You mentioned, Stephen, um, yellow rust, and um, there's Bennington and a few other varieties that are a bit more prone to yellow rust than other varieties. Where a guy specifically targeted yellow rust, maybe earlier in the season, should he be changing or doing something different on the T2 to specifically make sure that that particular disease is controlled? Yeah, I, I know the example here is our, ourselves. We have, we have a bit of uh, Bennington in the trials. It has yellow rust, but it also has septoria. And sort of trying to combine a program to cover both of these can be, to some extent, a little bit difficult. Um, what I would be hoping is that, look, if, 
if you knew there was yellow rust in that crop, in that first application, that there was good control of that yellow rust. Now, knowing is it still active or not is what's going to be key going forward. Because undoubtedly, look, if there's septoria there and the weather turns for septoria, it will also take off. The yellow rust may well take off if it hasn't been controlled. So it's a matter of getting into the crop, knowing where that yellow rust was, seeing is it still active. If it's still active and you do know that you're going to need some yellow rust control, then targeting it with a yellow rust product and making sure timing is right for the septoria control also. How do you know it's active? How do you know that? Yeah, look, it's a very difficult question. And what I would say is, look, it's, it's yellow rust. If it is a dull, very dull yellow, it may not be active. It may well have been stopped, it may well have been controlled. Is there pustules that are really that yellow, yellow appearance? And of course, knowing exactly how it's moving. So you're, you're getting into the crop, you see it today, you, you see it then tomorrow, you see it the next day. Has it actually progressed? That's the, the clearest way to see it. But I, w- I would add that there could be cases where you're just looking at chlorosis. So you're kind of saying it's almost like a livestock to a degree. You need to be looking at a yellow rust potential every day to see whether there's any development from one day to the next yeah. day. So ideally what we don't want to do is have to go back into covering yellow rust specifically. What we're trying to do is to maximise disease control with a two-spray program. So what you're trying to do is, okay, know is it, is it active? Know when you're going to or estimate or have an idea of when you would be anticipating you're going out with your flag leaf spray and adjusting the flag leaf spray if it is going to be active at that stage. Now, if it's extremely active, if, it, if uh, yellow rust was not controlled at all, then it may be a case that, look, the weather conditions, if they're turning favourable for it, it may be a case of actually looking and targeting that. Because the flag leaf is coming out, if that flag leaf is damaged from this point on, it won't be returned. It, you won't get that green back on it. Stephen, can I ask you a final question? You mentioned chlorotalin. We, we've discussed a little bit about um, the 20th of May, about what you can use, you can't use it. If guys are past the 20th of May, they're into using Fulfit instead of chlorotalin. Do they then switch to maybe some of the newer products? Will that help or is that necessary given the year to finish? So it, it's, it's going to come back to knowing the risk, to be honest. In terms of, uh, of chlorothalonil and Fulfit in a, in, a, in a good program, I anticipate that won't be a huge difference between them, uh, to be honest. It's going to know the risk, okay, is there a high risk of that you're going to need the curativity that, that Martin suggested or asked about? In that sort of scenario, then I might be changing to the, the Revisol-based product uh, at that stage because that's where its strength would be over the others. Uh, if that curativity is not necessarily going to be required, then you can look at the older, older chemistries with the full fit. But again, it's going to come back to making sure that you're buying on that time. And this comes back then to knowing the weather and knowing the risks just before it. That's it for this bonus episode of the Tillage Edge and my thanks to Stephen Kilday and Johnny Hogan. And I'll be back with our normal weekly Tillage Edge podcasts for all your advice. Do look out for further bonus episodes covering winter wheat and spring barley from our virtual crop walk. I'm Michael Hennessy and thanks for listening.